I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Wednesday, December 18, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. It's interesting. The market absolutely went nowhere today. And today, as far as this week goes, I have more notes. I have more stuff to go over than the other two days. So it's just interesting how this is working out. I think there are some things out there that are telling a story. So that's a preponderance of the notes. Also, we're going to take a look at a chart that is an absolute, beautifully done, double bottom, featuring and including none other than the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate Crew. We'll go over it later, but it's an absolute great learning opportunity. Let's kind of look at the big picture for a second, just for a moment, so that we can get a snapshot of what's really going on out there. The market's at highs. We know that. That's Captain Obvious speaking. I get it. We're extended. However, there's no measurement for extended or overbought, right? The market can stay overbought, quote-unquote, or extended for an extended period of time. We can certainly get another push higher, or we can come in tomorrow morning and they can pull the rug out. Either of those two things are certainly possible. We're going to get more in detail about the numbers and specifics later on. But first, let's just get the 30,000 foot view. The market's also stuck at what I like to call fat round numbers, a big fat round number of 3,200 in the S&P E-mini futures contract. It really hasn't been able to bust through 3,200, a little bit by a couple of three points, but not any more than that. So that's how the setup looks. This is the current schematic. What do we do with that information? Well, we have to be somewhat of a hound dog. We have to sniff out other stuff that's trying to feed us information on the sly. First things first, let's go down to a 60-minute chart or the hourly chart and see if we have any new information. No, it's basically a long-standing bull flag pattern. How does that work? From the gap up, that's considered part of the flagpole, and this has just been going sideways ever since Monday morning. So all in all, there's not a lot we can do with this information. This will change. The market's either going to have a spike higher out of this bull flag pattern, very simple, under normal garden variety market conditions, if it looks like a duck and talks like a duck, 80-20 rule applies, it's generally a duck. These patterns will generally step another notch higher. We have to have an awareness thing, right? So the awareness is the market's been taking the stairs higher. It's been taking a step up, consolidating, step up, consolidating, and so on. We talked about this yesterday. The awareness part is eventually one of the steps is going to have a hole in it. We don't know which one yet, but it's an awareness thing How do we identify the beginning of the hole? Where do we see the crack in the step? Same rules apply. Below Monday's opening range low, 319.17. Call it 319 for argument's sake. Getting below is one thing. Closing hourly below really puts the market in what I like to call no man's land. 
What's no man's land? It's the space in between where the market gapped up on Monday, the opening range low, also known as a gap window, and the filling of the gap down here. This is no man's land. What exactly is the market going to do in no man's land? Well, A, it could find a support area within no man's land intraday, but under normal garden variety market conditions, it would want to work its way down to fill the gap. Just taking it from a different viewpoint, looking at the 120-minute chart, what do you see? You see the same thing, but it really is a nice, tight bull flag pattern. Eventually, one of these will fail. Right now, this is not failing. It's developing. It has not failed. Until and unless it does fail, then it's a duck. Let's qualify the failure of the existing bull flag pattern. Below Monday's opening range low would be considering a failure of the bull flag pattern. That doesn't mean the market has to fall apart. Coming down to fill the gap still leaves the market in an overall very bullish position when you consider the long term, the daily chart, so on and so forth. Things to consider. The end of the year. The holidays. Money managers' bonuses. Again, Last year was an anomaly, but under normal garden variety market conditions, at least the way things are now without a black swan flying in from the bleachers out in left field, it's unlikely using the 80-20 rule in the second half of December with the current setup, the current schematic, the current conditions, it's unlikely the market's just going to unravel. Could they come down to fill the gap? Could we have a few down days? Of course we could just giving you kind of the global perspective. And so when we have that discussion, let's put the daily chart in perspective with that discussion. So you see where the 20-period moving average is? That's all the way down at 314. We don't have to come down anywhere near 314 to have a one, two, three-day correction on our hands, reset the tape for a Santa Claus rally. That's not what's happening now. I'm just giving you... The other side or another side in this case. Right now, the market is bullish until further notice. There wasn't a lot going on in the markets today on a whole. But I'll give you a snapshot from inside the numbers, whether it was a busy day, a quiet day. At least you get a variety. You get to see what's going on. Also, we had a couple of heartbreakers. I wanted to point a couple of things out. There's also a lesson to be learned from Stocks on the Move. First, we'll run through the pre-market morning notes there, and then as the morning goes on, you can see what is going on, which is not a lot going on. The market was very, very quiet. Not a lot going on other than chop shop formation. But even so, if you sift through the stuff, you'll find out that there was a lesson to be learned today, not only from the commentary, but it's really a combination of Stocks on the Move, and the commentary. Here is the list from Stocks on the Move. Now, you'll notice from this perspective, one stock hit its entry target, FedEx, but that's where the story is and the lesson to be learned. So we're going to go over that chart. We're also going to look at a couple of others. There's a couple of heartbreakers. There's stuff going on in here. There's always stuff to learn. There's always a point to be made. There's always a method to the madness.
The first one we'll look at is FedEx, FDX, and the reason is because it did hit its price objective, but it didn't hit it in the way in which we wanted to hit it, so it was taken off the table. It really began right out of the chute. The post at 9.40 in the morning said they caught FedEx and UPS just above the price. They're off the table for this trader, bunch of front runners. Let me explain what I was discussing. FedEx closes the day yesterday up at a price of 163 and a quarter. It's getting a haircut at the open. It was getting a haircut yesterday afternoon. The price objective I had this morning on the board was 147.38 and then a secondary number below that, but it never got there. What happened right out of the gate was FedEx made a low of 147.90, which on a $140 or $50 stock is just pennies away. Then it had a pretty nice rally away from that. It's more magnified on a one-minute chart. Here it was making a high at 9.44 of 150.40. Now it doesn't seem like a tremendous amount, but that's a quick two and a half bucks in your pocket. If it was from the entry price, Well, it wasn't. The problem is FedEx starts trading lower and it's basically dripping or drifting away. That's not the trade we want. We wanted the one right out of the gate. We wanted the one that was going to give the snapback. So I'm basically telling traders it's off the table. Not that it won't or can't work. It's just not the same trade. UPS was a different story. UPS was actually worse. It came within 10 cents, pulled up short, and then had a quick little rocket ride. Now, it wasn't a tremendous move like for $5, $10 or anything. We saw some of that stuff this week, but this is another base hit. We're in the base hit business, but you have to understand what that means. That doesn't mean all singles. If we were in the all singles business, I would say all singles business. We're in the base hit business. Most of them are one-bag base hits. Some of them are two, three, and four-baggers. We don't swing for the fences. We swing for base hits. We have quick hands. And guess what? As a result, sometimes we put one in the gap. Clovis from yesterday was in the gap. Actually, that one was out of the park. But here's the point. There's always a takeaway. The takeaway is, even though we came within 10 cents... Some traders probably got a fill, front ran the number, but this trader didn't. This trader waits for the number or better, so I missed the trade. That's okay, but the lesson or the takeaway is, look what happened when we got in the vicinity of the support level. The market found support, or in this case, UPS found support. The stock turned around and went in the other direction. Why is that? This is where it really gets important. This is where you begin to understand the why behind all this stuff. I've said this time and time again, and I'm going to say it again now. When stocks are on the move, hence the name Stocks on the Move, they're headed for a destination. Whether it's a market, a commodity, an index, a stock, it doesn't matter. It headed for a destination using the 80-20 rule generally means this. When they get to the destination... They turn around and go back the other way. Now, sometimes they get to the destination and they hang out for a while. That's the one that runs up to or down to a destination and then it goes sideways. Why does it do that? 
because it has really another destination in mind. There's a continuation move. It just had to stop and refuel. And here's the rub. If I get the destination right, or if you get the destination right, most of the time using the 80-20 rule, that's what's going to happen. It's going to turn around and go back in the other direction. That's also why inside the numbers members that have been around a while that have seen this over and over and over again, they know that it's not guesswork. They're not taking a crack at a stock moving in the morning on a, what I'll call, and this is quote unquote, a willy nilly basis. There's a method to the madness. There's strategy involved. There's a lot of common sense, a lot of logic. And all that being said, I'm still going to be wrong. We're all still going to be wrong about 20% of the time. But it's the main reason why traders that have been around a while inside the numbers, they're not afraid to step in front of some of these stocks that are moving at 9.30 in the morning. Why is that? Because they understand they're headed for a destination. If we get the destination right, it's likely going to go back in the other direction. How much and how fast is a whole different ball game. This is the concept behind inside the numbers and stocks on the move. All right, back in our lane. How about Camp IWM? What's going on over here? Well, Camp IWM finally today did make another new high. Not a closing high, but it made an intraday high. We've been talking about that the last few days. So here it is. They're grinding higher. As you can see, The moving averages grind higher, the equity or stock, or in this case market, the IWM grinds higher. There's a lack of participation across the markets. The volume is drying up as we get closer to the holidays. This is to be expected. Not the new high, just the lighter volume as we get closer to the holidays. So the whole theory about the fact the IWM wasn't making a new high and other markets were, we had a divergence, a possible puzzle piece on the table, all that was a bunch of nonsense. It didn't work out, so we throw away the puzzle piece. It really wasn't a puzzle piece. This is how we adjust in real time as an analyst as a trader, as whatever you want to be, you have to adjust in real time. If you think something's important, like the trend line from the transports, remember that. If you think something's important, then it's important until proven otherwise. Right now, the small item that we were using, which is the fact the IWM couldn't make a new high, that's just nonsense, so we throw it away. Anything else to report in the IWM? No, it's in an uptrend. Where's it headed? 166 and a half. I think we talked about this the other day. I probably gave you a little bit wider margin of numbers. There's another number ahead of that or higher than that. But the next real number in my mind, or at least from where I sit, is 166 and a half. And you know my mind, it's a dangerous place to be. But let's talk about higher numbers for a second. If we find the IWM at 166 and a half, give or take, What's going on with the Qs? What's going on with the S&P, the Dow, all that stuff? It's all going higher. They will have busted through the big fat round number of 3,200. That's what's going on. How much upside is left in the SPY? I still stand by what I said before. Maybe there's a little bit. Maybe it's 10. Maybe it's 20 points, $2 in the SPY, $3 in the SPY. I just don't see a lot more than that before a more meaningful corrective move. If I'm proven wrong, 
The way I'll be proven wrong is the market will remain well above 3,200. It will begin closing daily above 3,220 and change. And at that point, I will have been proven wrong. Here's the other thing that traders need to understand. The timing of the part of the year we're in. We talked about it already. Getting to the end of the year. Money managers want their bonuses. People go on holidays. The market quiets down. There's two sides to that too. The light volume creates a vacuum in both directions or can create a vacuum in both directions. So let's say you get some kind of, and it doesn't even have to be a big one, some kind of little black swan fly out of the bleachers in left field. All of a sudden, it's a down day. It doesn't have to be a huge down day. It's a down day. It could be an accentuated down day because nobody's paying attention. The individual investor, the retail trader, the retail investor at home right now believes the market will never go down. That's called complacency. Eventually, complacency will bite you in the ass. We all know that. It's a matter of when and how and by how much. Remember before when I said, like a hound dog, we have to sniff out stuff that's trying to tell us something maybe that we're not seeing in the S&P, for example. Well, here's one of those things. You can't really see it too clearly on the daily chart. The daily chart is really in the dumpster. But there are piece parts in the dumpster. There's diamonds in the rough or spare parts at the bottom of the dumpster worth a fortune. We know what happened in the VIX. They came down to fill the gap and now they're trading away, bouncing away, trading in the northern direction away from the gap. Now, in the big scheme of things, looking at this chart, they haven't really gotten very far. But this is one chart. Let's see what else we got. About a 240-minute chart. So on one hand, we could certainly call this a bear wedge, bear flaggish pattern that's now trading up to its 20-period moving average, likely will find some resistance and resume the move down in the southern direction. You can certainly make that case there's no reason not to believe that until and unless at least they get above the 20-period moving average, then we have something different to discuss. But there is other stuff going on. You can see a series of higher lows developing. Now, it doesn't exactly jump off the page on this chart, but I have the benefit of already seeing other charts, so I know what I'm looking at in advance. So let's continue the exercise and we go down to the 120 minute chart and now you can see all of a sudden it has already cleared its 20 period moving average working its way up to a different or higher destination. Here's one for the trick trap fool and frustrate crew. I love these. This is not necessarily meaningful. I don't want you to take anything away from this. We're talking about a penny and we're splitting hairs. I just love doing this. It's a lot of fun for me. So the low here on this breakup candle is 11.95. The close on this candle happens to be 11.94. Any accidents or coincidences, all of a sudden we find ourselves a lot higher north from 11.94 after that close. That's courtesy of who? The Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate Crew, also known as Trick and Company. Rather than digress, let's move forward, move it along, and go down to an hourly chart. What do we have? All of a sudden, we're above not only the 20, but the 50 period moving average on the hourly chart. So what you can see developing is, 
as you go down intraday to shorter and shorter time frames, you can see the chart looks better and better and better. And this is where I always want to point out, and we do point out, that things have to start somewhere. So everything starts from a small time frame and it morphs into a larger time frame. Hence, the market is a bunch of fractals. What happens if I split it in half again and go down to a 30-minute chart? What do you see? Above three moving averages. And now you really do start to see the higher lows develop. I didn't point it out on the hourly chart, but you can see the higher lows. You see above certain moving averages. And when you go from time frame to time frame, you see the picture. You see the puzzle becoming assembled. And guess what? Here comes the aha moment for a lot of traders out there. I could smell it. Whack it in half again. 15-minute chart, you can see the difference, and the story is consistent. Let's keep the ball moving around the horn. I don't know how this showed up again. This was off the chart, and it's now back on the chart. We can redraw that because look where prices happen to come into the moving averages today. And by the way, if I didn't specify just a few seconds ago, we are looking at a chart of the transports. We did make a stop down at the transportation department. That's the trend line again that we had on, we took off. Now I put it back on because price is coming back into that area. So a couple of things might have occurred. A, came down to test moving averages and the top side of that trend line. Is it a successful test? Did they just run a test or a back test of the top side of that trend line? And if they stay over the northern part or over the top side of that trend line, is that bullish for the transports? Well, certainly above the moving averages is not bearish. That is bullish. It doesn't have to be total all out by the market bullish. It's just not bearish. So instead, we'll give it a neutral. We'll take away the bullish. We'll give it a neutral. It's not really a bullish chart in terms of the lower highs. That's the issue. There's conflicting data on this chart. Therefore, I wouldn't buy it. I wouldn't sell it. What I'm doing right now is being the umpire. So since it's kind of like a tie goes to the runner, a neutral type of position, let's move it along. But before we do, we will make mention that the transports were down today, 100 points, about 1%. We're not going to make light of that. I'm not making light of that. By the way, I didn't mention this, but it is. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table mainly because notwithstanding the conflicting information, but it's a puzzle piece because the transports is my favorite canary in the coal mine. FedEx got whacked today. UPS got whacked. Big reason the transports are down. Maybe an anomaly, maybe not. You look at an hourly chart, you can make a pretty good case there's a continuation move coming off this chart from this breakdown candle. Now, can price work up higher? Absolutely. But they typically don't recapture these breakdown candles right away. You see, there's a lot of conflicting data on this chart. It's either data or it's data. But there's a lot of conflicting stuff. Cues, nothing to see here. You want to make something out of that doji candle? Go ahead. It's possible. But the market is so quiet. I'm not sure if we can make anything out of that. You want to be short against the high? That's fine. That's up to you. I'm just saying it was up 32 cents, period, full stop. I take that back. It was up about half that much. I'm looking at the after hours quote. The actual daily close is up about maybe 15 cents from yesterday's close. There's nothing to do with that information. Let's get to 
the double bottom story. Here it is. It's Bitcoin. I'm sorry if some traders are disappointed, but others will actually be interested and excited to hear about Bitcoin. There's a story going on here. Now, I'm not talking about a Bitcoin story. I'm talking about a charting story. Before today, Bitcoin is collapsing. First, it started to rally, and then all of a sudden, over the last three days, it really started coming down, probably got a lot of holders of Bitcoin nervous. I'm not going to say traders. I'm sure there are a lot of traders trading Bitcoin, but I think the preponderance of people that are most interested in Bitcoin are holders of Bitcoin. What's that green line all about? 63.72.54. Check it out. Weekly chart. Here's the close. 63.58.97. Daily gap. Here's the close. 63.58.97. My trend line is just north of the gap. But look what happened. Look how close they came before reversing the market. In this case, Bitcoin higher. That, my friends, is courtesy of the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate Crew. That's not even where the story ends. Look what happened before. So they came close before. This is in November. So November 25th, they make a low of 65.27, a couple of hundred points away from the gap, and they rip the market higher. Then they start to try, at least make the appearance of higher lows going on, They have this failure point here, this day here. That's where it failed. And we basically came down ever since. And it looked like they were going to go get the gap. And I will tell you that at least from where I sit, my perspective, I didn't expect them to stop at the gap based on what happened before. Boy, was I wrong. Or was I right? They didn't stop at the gap. They didn't even get to the gap. Not getting to the gap, trading away in a hurry from the gap is what? That's bullish behavior. We talk about that all the time. 120-minute chart. Look at that power move all day long. What you're looking at, and I'll go back to the daily chart, and again, we use the 80-20 rule. What you're looking at here is barring a failure, and there can be some backing and filling, some consolidation. We can go back and retrace a portion of the move, but that low should stick. Using the 80-20 rule, That's a reversal that should stick. 20% of the time, or maybe even less than that, it won't stick. This one should stick. What's another thing we always say? Looking at the hourly chart, you can see this pretty clear. We always say markets like to come back and test what? Former breakout and former breakdown areas. Isn't this one of those areas? Did the market stop there at least for a little while? The answer is yes. Is this another breakdown area? The market stopped there just for a little while, not too long. I can tell you from watching it during the day, maybe for about a half an hour, it stopped there and then resumes the move higher. To where? The next breakdown candle high right here. Guess what? Is that where the market ended up finding overhead resistance and pulling back again? Yes. Is that a surprise to anybody? No. Back to the daily chart. You need follow-through. In order for me to be right, in order for this bottom to stick, under normal garden-variety conditions, we would want to see follow-through. Does it have to happen right away? No. Should it, in order for the best-case scenario? Yeah, we want to see follow-through right away. That'll really stick the stake in the ground on the low from this morning. So look what happened. 
The low here was spiked by just a little bit. Then they reversed the market. What did they do? Shake out the weak hands. They drove the market down until the weak hands threw up whatever they threw up. It reverses, rips higher. I'm out of wind. Great place to pull the ripcord. But first, I want to thank each and every one of you. I appreciate each and every one of you. Without you, and you already know this, without you, these videos are not possible. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.